You're listening to the Living Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Tuks Aruture. This is episode 37. Welcome to the Living Inside Out podcast, where we believe the future is indeed superior to the present. Episode 37 is Future is an Attitude. Hey, you. I hope you've had a fantastic week. And if you haven't, you know what? We have a new opportunity to enjoy the new week ahead. So regardless of what it brings, regardless of what you have already lined up, because sometimes we travel into the future to anticipate problems, (laughs) we're going to choose that this new week is going to be a fantastic one. I hope you've been well. I hope you've been great. It's interesting because that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. I'm learning to live for the process and not for the end result. Because when you race to the end, when you race to a better or a glorious end, we're basically speeding our lives away. I'm excited about today's episode because it will get you thinking. I sincerely hope that you will be inspired to do something different. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please hit the subscribe button. And also, can I ask that you share it with your network so we can grow as a family? (laughs) Last year, Audi, the car manufacturer, launched their marketing campaign with a slogan, Future is an Attitude. And I love the way they've presented it on their website. And I'll just, I'll read from it. Over a hundred years ago, Audi was founded on a vision of constant progress, a vision that's not just embodied in the design of our cars, but in the way we see the world. It means recognizing the potential in every situation, seeing possibilities where others perceive impossibilities, and inspiration where there are obstacles, knowing that what we create today won't just lead to better cars, but to a future tomorrow. For Audi, future is an attitude. And don't you think that's true? Future really is an attitude. It's not a concept that we dip into when we're planning ahead or when we're talking about the future. At least it shouldn't be. Imagine what our lives would look like if we actually did see possibilities in every situation and we treated today's blessings as the seed of tomorrow's trees. Imagine if each time we came across an obstacle, we'd be inspired and not discouraged, knowing that our actions today will impact not just what we're working on, but our entire life or even the world. So if you're joining me for the first time, I should have welcomed you. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to the Living Inside Out podcast. I'm a businesswoman and you probably have been either heard about this podcast through someone or you read about it somewhere and you would know hopefully that I am a nursery interior designer and also the founder of a luxury baby furniture company called The Baby Cut Shop. So this week I had an IG live chat with Monique Vega, who is the founder of a women's networking group called Mumble Forum. 
highly recommended. It's a, a, a networking group for, for entrepreneurial women, but also for women who are uh, um, in the corporate world or perhaps working from home or just really for mums. It's actually a mum. And I'm trying to remember what the portmanteau word is birthed out of mumble. I can't remember, but I think I figured it out. <laughs> but I'll be having her as a guest on this podcast soon anyway. And then we can ask her where she got what the name means and everything. But she said something profound. And that is that we should celebrate our failures and not just our successes. Because failure is as much a part of life as success is. And you can listen to the full conversation if you go to the Baby Cut Shop's Instagram page, which is at the Baby Cut Shop, or you can even go onto mine and, and just head to IGTV and you'll see our chat over there. Many of us grew up with a focus on success. You get graded in class and those who are at the top of the class are recognized, while those who are at the other end are shamed for not doing well. I grew up in Nigeria and that was the norm, at least in my time. And so you find that much of our thought life is spent trying to straighten out that which is naturally curved or, you know, beautifully shaped in our lives. And when the belief on our inside does not align with what we're surrounded by or what we're going through, we end up with dissonance or a disturbance within us. And this back and forth, as we try to bring ourselves into alignment or create some sort of harmony between our inside and our outside, can lead us to start correcting that which is not even wrong or that which is not failed. The part about Audi's slogan or their marketing message that really stands out at me is where it says, seeing possibilities where others see impossibilities. I believe that that's a choice that we have to make as opposed to it being how we're genetically wired. And so today we'll look at the threats to future mindedness, because if we're going to harness the power that lies in our future to create that same future, We've got to have a, a mindset of future living, or we've got to, as Audi put it, have an attitude of the future. July 20th, 1969, the Apollo 11 landed on the moon. And when we talk about the Apollo 11 or man's first landing on the moon, the first name that comes to mind is Neil Armstrong. And then if you've read a little bit more than the general public, you'd know about Buzz Aldrin. But if you're even better read, the name Michael Collins will come to mind as well. And so the three men were on the Apollo 11 and the craft was made up of three parts. The first part contained the cabin for the astronauts, so their living quarters or their sleeping quarters, whatever, and was the only part that eventually returned to earth. That's how it was designed. The middle part had food and water and oxygen and fuel and power for the spacecraft. And the third section of it had two further sections. One part was for landing, which was when they landed on the moon. And the other part was for ascending, 
which is where, which helps them to take off to, you know, lift off as it were, as we NASA folks call it, <laughs> we lift off and it allowed them to lift off. And, and that part also detached. So if you've ever looked at either the actual footage or you've looked at um, just pictures of space crafts heading to space, <laughs> you'd see that they come up, they come off in sections and that's why. Now, they get to the moon and the first man to walk on the moon was Neil. And about 19 minutes later, Boz got, gets onto the moon as well and walks on the moon. But Michael never walked on the moon because someone had to man the command module. The command module is that's that, the part that, that they, they're, they're leaving quarters so that they could return to Earth. Someone had to stay in there and keep it orbiting around the moon. And consequently, no one talks about Michael Collins because he never actually walked on the moon, even though he was one of the first three people on Earth to go there. And he's known as the forgotten astronaut. The only reason I know about this is because he passed away a few days ago at the age of 90 and I got to read about him. Michael Collins was also the one who took that famous photo we see of Neil Armstrong and uh, Boz in, in their suits and they're walking on the moon. He stayed back to man their, 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 their um, spacecraft and also to take pictures. And he's not recognized for being one of the first humans on the moon. And I've just realized that if there were aliens or other life forms on the moon, they'd actually be calling the humans aliens. <laughs> I don't know why that's giving me a kick, but... <laughs> <laughs> I digress. His decision to leave for the future caused Michael Collins a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I'm not saying, I'm not even talking about the recognition or the accolades or the fact that he was forgotten, but you only get one chance to be the first person to walk on the moon ever. You know, the first person to do anything is always going to be the first person and that's an opportunity gone. But it's not just the fact that it was the first person just walking on the moon alone. But he, he didn't have that opportunity to do so. And so years later, obviously, he'd written his biography and people asked him, uh, you know, how did you feel? Did you feel very lonely? Because bear in mind, the men, the two other guys were on the moon collecting moon soil, <laughs> my term. Well, it makes sense. Whatever the matter, the thing is on the moon, the rocks and things, they were picking that up. They were collecting that for a few hours and he was alone in there. And so they asked if he felt lonely orbiting the moon and the fact that he actually did not get to walk on the moon. And he said, no, he didn't. He, because he considered himself part of a um, part of the team. As far as he was concerned, it was one team and he was a part of that team and it didn't really matter that he stayed behind because he felt he was an integral part of a very important task. And I believe the reason that we don't default to his answer, the reason we expect him to have felt left out is because many of us live superficially. We don't live from the inside out and we draw our conclusions from actions or from the words we hear or what people say because leaving superficially relies only on the senses 
to define what is true for us. When in reality, who we are on the inside is really who we are. And everything outside of us is just an expression that's driven sometimes by external factors and sometimes by thought. And thoughts are not always reliable. Or rather, thoughts are not always true. And so we cannot fathom missing out on something as monumental as that for the sake of man in some machine, because in our minds, if we did not do X, Y, Z, then it didn't happen. And therefore, we are not who we say we are. And so Michael Collins made a decision that would benefit the future at the cost of his own present circumstance. And nothing explains future living like motherhood. A mother will go without and invest all she has just so her child can have the best start in life. And everything she does today, she's doing it with a view of how it would affect her child tomorrow. This led me to wondering what the threats to future living is. What threats do we face as we try to gain our inspiration and you know, our drive from the future. The first one is leaving for recognition. I don't believe that we were created for the sole purpose of being celebrated by man. Yet, that celebration, it feels so good that sometimes we even create opportunities just so we can be celebrated and recognized. And you'll notice that when someone is excessive in their craving for this accolades and recognition, which is often tied to insecurity, they can never have enough of it, right? You know, the one who, no matter what the conversation is about, they always manage to stare it back to themselves. You can even be talking about a death in the family and they'd say, oh yes, I know what you mean. Mine was worse. I nearly died. I used to know someone quite like that, actually, in the middle of a very interesting story, should cut you off and tell you, that was nothing. Listen to what happened to me. And it's that need in that moment to be recognized and applauded. Is applause a word? I hope it is, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Regardless of how it might affect your future relationships, that's the need that drives that sort of action. The second threat is leaving for immediate relief. I've mentioned previously that I attended a boarding school and my year group has a WhatsApp app, WhatsApp app, WhatsApp group that recently sent out a newsletter. So I found out that two of my classmates won a scholarship in their final year and I could not for the life of me fathom how they combined being in a military boarding school with getting a scholarship because while I was there my goal was survival and I didn't think much about the future. From one day to the next I just wanted to do the two most important things to me. Number one, eat and number two, avoid punishment. End of story. And my poor boys, <laughs> they're bearing the brunt of my experience because now all I talk about is who they are becoming and how every decision shapes their future and how every word they hear is a seed that creates a thought that will eventually become their lifestyle. 
I also start all of my my speeches with. I know you feel confident about who you are now, and I know that you are certain about what you're becoming. However, and then I go into my story <laughs> because, you know, kids, teenagers think they know it all. So you've got to acknowledge the fact that I know you know it all to get their attention. At least that's what mine do. When we live to feel better in the moment, we are risking the investment for our future. I remember studying for my A-level exams and praying to God to forgive my time wasting (laughs) because I chose to partay when I should have been studying. The ability to delay gratification is necessary if we're going to manifest that future that we've imagined. The third threat is waiting for better circumstances. So last week. I shared how challenging my week had been, right? And this then led me to procrastinating on important tasks that I knew in my head I was supposed to be doing. But because I was waiting for a better set of circumstances to show up, I didn't do the work. And all through this week, I've been unlearning waiting. My buzzword has been unlearning waiting or my buzz phrase. I also went and pulled a muscle in my shoulder as though things were not bad enough. And I went to go see the chiropractor and he explained to me that there's a muscle on my lower back that contracts with movement as muscles do, but it's meant to relax when I'm not moving. Well, my muscle was not relaxing and it remained in a contracted state and This was pulling down related muscles and that was what was causing the pain. So while journaling, I realized that I simply have remained on high alert. I don't even think I was thinking about the muscle, but maybe I was. But I realized that I've been on high alert waiting for the next challenge or (laughs) a new and improved version to show up. Because you know what it's like when you appear to have a stream of one problem right after the other. Something goes wrong and then something else goes wrong after that. And just as you're coming to the end of that one, another one is brewing. Miles Monroe, the late Miles Monroe, called it hurricane season. So instead of me trusting that the path I'm on is pre-populated with blessings and grace, all the grace that I need to travel, I was in a state of dread, just paralyzed and expecting things to go wrong and then waiting for it to right itself before doing anything. And of course, that stopped me from doing any work at all. The fourth threat that is a hindrance to future mindedness is believing in an external force and relying on the force to hold you back or to help you. So some people believe that their lives are not really in their hands and that there is this power or this force or authority that determines whether they stay or go. A question that I want you to ask yourself if you've been waiting or you feel stuck is this. What if things never improve? What if you were given the assurance by God that this is it? This is your life forever. What will you do? Will you lie on the couch and watch EastEnders for the rest of your life? Or will you pour all your effort into making 
the most out of your life, regardless of the assurance you've received that it's not going to change. Brother, sister, you've got to rescue yourself. You have to be your own superhero because too often we wait on God to deliver us or we blame the government or we blame society as the reason we can't progress. Here's the thing. There is no excuse <laughs> that does not exist on earth. You only need to look around you to find a valid reason for absolutely anything. There are people who swear that aliens stopped them <laughs> from doing certain things. And they'll even show you the evidence, perhaps a piece of rock that fell from the sky or a streak of light in their most recent selfie that cannot be explained. Stuff like that. My point is that if you are being held back or if you believe you're being held back by a force that's bigger than you, you will indeed be held back. And just for the record, I believe in the almighty God, the creator of the universe, but he does not hold us back. He is actually the one who placed his desires in you and he wants you to fulfill them. God is always on your side. So how can we develop an attitude for the future or an attitude of the future? Easy, because Audi has stole us in their slogan. Okay, maybe not in their slogan, in the marketing brief on their website. I'm going to leave a link to it so you can go read up on it if you're a bit of a business geek like I am. Number one, have a vision of constant progress. Michelle Obama's best-selling book, my bad, her manual, because it's a manual, okay, is <laughs> titled Becoming. And she explained that adults always asked her what she was going to become when she grew up. And when she'd finally became an adult, as a, an adult, a first lady, extraordinaire, fashion icon, everybody's big sister, she discovered that she would never stop becoming. And that's because we're always evolving. So a mindset of being in a state of constant growth is one we need to adopt. It means that even when you're 80, you're still learning and you're still growing. My mom is 80 and she's on Facebook. <laughs> she joined Facebook, I think last year or the year before, but she's super active on Facebook. Uh, when I post anything and and, and people pass comments like, oh, nice picture or congratulations. She goes to each of them and she starts saying thank you to them. <laughs> and she mentioned Instagram as the one she is yet to have. And yet means that it's in the plan, it's in the works. She's going to learn about Instagram. It's her intention. We never stop growing. We are always becoming Second tip from Audi is to view the world with eyes of progress. This means that they are not just futuristic in the design of their cars, but also in the way they view the world. And I love this because it reminds us that we are interdependent and you can't see just yourself as evolving. That would be narcissistic. But the world is growing and the world is evolving just like you're growing and you're evolving too. And the benefit of having that mindset is that you will recognize people that are meant to be in your life at the time they should. Because arrogance that's birthed out of 
an individualistic mindset will stop you from interacting with people who are designed to help you on your journey. Third tip, recognize the opportunities in every situation. Just this morning, I was listening to Carla Harris's interview with Danny Jones. And Danny is a, and I'm probably not pronouncing his name properly. I think it is Danny or Chani, but it's D-H-A-N-I. I can't remember how she said his name. But anyway, he's a former NFL player turned entrepreneur. And she asked him how he was able to get deals from major companies. He said he always starts with a relationship, not an ask. And that was a good tip for me because sometimes when we meet people or we uh, meet uh, influential people or corporations or, you know, people that we think can help us, we see that as a one in a blue moon opportunity and we need to quickly throw in our ask. But what he said is build a relationship makes perfect sense. So when he meets companies or influential people, his goal is to build a relationship with them. The ask will come later. But anyway, his point was that he's never afraid to be himself. And so he never shies away from obstacles. He believes that obstacles are actually opportunities. And that got me (laughs) to rewind a few times. Obstacles are opportunities. Audi says they see inspiration in obstacles. So that's going to be our week-long buzz question. A second question I've given you today. What will this obstacle inspire me to do? I personally, I'm going to do that. So let's do that together. <laughs> let's ask the question every time we come across an obstacle for the rest of this week. What will this obstacle inspire me to do? Or what can this obstacle inspire me to be to do. I believe that if we're searching for inspiration, it's it's all around us. It's even in our pain. It's in the challenges. It's in the obstacles that we face. Ooh, I loved this episode. I've enjoyed chatting about it. I've enjoyed learning, and I want you to tell me: Did you enjoy it too? <laughs> did it get you thinking? Are you feeling inspired yet? And here's some inspiration, actually. Rockstar Story Workshop. It's a simple task I carried out 13 years ago. Changed my life forever. I, if you don't know my story, I lost everything. My family, we lost everything. We had every material thing. And I was just in this empty space. And so I rewrote my story on an A4 paper. I wrote my story from the vantage point of a victim. I beg your pardon, from the vantage point of a victor and not a victim. And that story has led to countless opportunities. This is a story that needed to be rewritten because I was so ashamed of it, I never told it. And then I rewrote it from a different perspective. And I have since had invitation to have cocktails at 10 down the street with the prime minister, not the current one, (laughs) Dave Cameron. And others, so many other opportunities have shown up because of that story. I believe everyone should have their rock star story. Okay, maybe not everyone, but anyone who has had challenges and obstacles in their life, or perhaps they're carrying a dream with no hope of it ever happening. If that's you, you need to attend my rock star story workshop, and that's coming up on the 12th of June. So save the date. 
and I will release more details soon. I seem to be giving these details a tiny little bit at a time, <laughs> but it's the 12th of June. It's a Saturday. Save the date. It's going to be over Zoom. The best way, however, to stay up to date and to know more is to connect with me on social media. My handle is at Toksaroture, my full name, Toks and Aroture, my surname, no dashes or spaces. And I'm active on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter in that exact order. <laughs> you can also sign up to receive my newsletter at toksaroture.com and I've left all the links in the show notes. Listen, you're awesome. You are blessed. You are fantastic. You are bold. You are gifted. And you are rich with gems and ability. And I just feel like I need to speak that into the mind of anyone listening and feels less than in this season. Thank you for riding with me. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon.